This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. One-handed catch and a touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, three-time pro bowler Kyle Vandenbosch, and 13-year NFL veteran Drew Stanton. Not going to lie, that was a tough watch last night. Even tougher for those in attendance. Cardinals put up a good fight in the first half, but in the second half, it was all San Francisco's. The 49ers beat the Cardinals 38-10 in Mexico City to cap off Week 11. And here on this Tuesday, the Cardinals sit 4-7. and seven. Drew, I feel like I just saw you, so I'll start with Kyle Vandenbosch to get your big picture big picture takeaway on what you saw from your vantage points last night in Mexico City. Yeah, it's uh you know, it's not completely unexpected. That's a talented team that is playing better every week, that's figuring out how to use Christian McCaffrey the best they can. Um it, you know, it it at this point with our injury situation, it was a more talented roster. Um it was better execution um on their part. And, you know, they played a more physical brand of football than we have and, and then really than we've seen this year. Um, you know, it was uh, – I feel like we came out with good game plan both offensively and defensively in the first half, executed it pretty well. I thought Colt McCoy um, was not the problem. I think he played well through some really good balls, um, you know, got DeAndre involved early. Um, obviously, the way um, Greg Dortch played and the numbers he put up – um, filling in for Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore was a big part of the game plan coming in, and it was unfortunate to, again, lose him, lose one of our best weapons as of late, early. Um, but it was, you know, we just got outplayed. But uh, at this point in the season, um, the Niners are, are a tough team. They're playing as good a football as anybody. Um, you know, it's it's not surprising that we lost. It's disappointing, particularly how the second half went and um, our inability to stop their offense and get stops on defense. You just take a look at the first 30 minutes, Drew, and this Cardinals team, again, they had the first quarter lead. It was 17-10 to at halftime, but that interception in the second quarter after the 49ers had scored to take the lead 7-3, to all of a sudden now you're looking to answer as an offense. You turn it over, and the 49ers respond with a quick drive and go up 14 to three and yeah the Cardinals pulled it within four and they were within a touchdown but it just seemed at that point in the second quarter you needed to play excellent football against a team that on paper and even on the field was better than you yeah well the game was in the balance at that point right and you look at the stats and you go back and you see the entirety of the game and you don't see anything that sticks out Real big, except for, you know, they were better on third down, but the 0 for 2 on fourth down, right? Those are the ones that stick out because those essentially are turnovers, as we were talking about last night. So you look at that on top of the interception that gave them great field position because it wasn't like they went up and down the field on them until that first uh, drive in the second half that really deflated this entire team. It felt like at that point, 
But in saying all of that, you know what you're going up against. You're going up against a team when they don't beat themselves, they're very hard to beat. And when they do, then you have to take that opportunity and seize it. There was never really that opportunity to seize last night. They just had to kind of go back and forth and and, uh, exchange punches. And then all of a sudden they just started taking body blows and it was too far gone. Colt McCoy getting the starts for Kyler Murray. Second straight start for Colt, who got knocked around quite a bit. He was sacked three times, hit additional eight times in the game. Colt McCoy on what happened last night. I think when you play a team like the 49ers, you just have little room for error. You know, and we had some penalties in key spots. We turned the ball over. And when you do that against a good football team who's moving the ball well, it hurts you. I thought we fought. I thought we competed. I thought we, you know, I didn't think that the Niners confused me one time tonight. I knew what they were doing. They showed me a lot of different looks. Um, and so that, that's a bummer, right? We just didn't make enough plays. Not enough plays and not much in the run game either, Kyle, because the Cardinals finished with a season-low 67 yards on the ground. And they needed easier said than done because that was the number one rush defense in the league. But James Conner and company needed to be able to have somewhat of a running game. Didn't need to be excellent, but just somewhat balanced to allow that pressure to back off of Colt McCoy. No, you're exactly right. Um, And and what they needed was just a little production on first down. Drew brought this up several weeks ago. Uh, The team just needs to be better on first down. Um, And and Paulie talked about it coming out of halftime. When you have five negative plays, and these weren't penalties, these were negative running plays or or screens, um, you're really getting behind the sticks. And I thought Colt actually did a good job of converting some third and longs, third and mediums. Um, But when you can't have more success on the ground and on first down, it's going to be difficult. And, you know, it, it was a little bit odd to me because I completely agreed with Drew leading into this game. They needed to feed James Conner. Um, he typically gets this team going. Um, but he was running different. He was looking to bounce. He wasn't um, sticking his face in there and, and grinding out for the extra yards. He was looking uh, to bounce plays to the perimeter. Um, one time he could have fought for more yards and he stepped out of bounds. And that was a bit surprising to me because he is typically the tone setter for this team. And they really needed him to establish some sort of run game in order to give this offense uh, more success, put them in second and manageable, and be able to move the chains more often. On that lack of a run game, here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. They played a lot of cover two, two high stuff, and we're still able to um, bottle up the run game, which is, is tough. Um, I thought Colt battled, hung in there, didn't have you know the great protection at times, but went to the right spot with the ball, and um, just not enough plays at the end of the day. The lack of success on first down meant the Cardinals were playing a lot of third down offense. 16 different times the Cardinals faced a third down. That's tied for the second most this season. Nine of those in the first half because, Kyle, as you mentioned, those five negative plays on first down, you're playing behind the sticks. And that's become very difficult for any offense, but specifically this Cardinals team here this season, for whatever reason, they're not able to overcome it on a consistent basis. More on the run game or the lack thereof, here's Greg Dortch. It makes you one-dimensional, and um, it allows the defense to know what's coming next. Um, and in the NFL, it's hard. And when they know you got you got to pass the ball, it makes it even harder. So, um, yeah, they played, they played very well tonight. Shout out to them. And that was the case in the second half, Drew, because the 49ers were able to tee off on Colt McCoy because they had stopped the run, made the Cardinals one-dimensional, and knew that McCoy was going to throw the football and they could take a little bit more chances, and he got knocked around quite a bit. I believe he even got stepped on 
uh, on his, I think maybe his non-throwing hand at one point, but he was in the blue medical tent late in the game, but told reporters post-game that he checked out okay. Yeah, I mean, look, it's unfortunate when you have to go through that, but that's part of playing this game. You know you're going up against the number one defense in the league, the number one rush defense, all of these things, and they will give you that bend-but-don't-break style of defense, especially when they know that they can get home, when they can bring pressure, they can create one-on-one matchups, they have all those guys up front. They did a really good job of sticking with their game plan, adapting it. Uh, If you would have said that we would have been 50% on third down, I'd take that every single week from an offensive perspective. And that's what you can look at some of the positives. And again, the the only positive that you can ever take from anything is is a win. And that didn't happen. You look at what happened um, and you try and put your finger on it. There's just, there's no edge to this team. Kyle kind of alluded to it because James Conner sometimes brings that edge. And when your best players aren't, pushing the envelope on how to go about things even the the foolish penalty right that DeAndre Hopkins had where he was counting how many guys he made look foolish and he did right it's just ticky tack but you can't there's no margin of error in a game like that and we gave them too big of a leash and then all of a sudden they took it and they they ran with it again the 49ers have so many different ways to beat you and we talked about the broken tackles you saw a lack of effort towards the end of that game and Buddha alluded to it too uh, of what he was saying on there so you know he's frustrated and some of these leaders the most important part about being a leader is having people follow you and I don't know what's going on within that locker room but there's not a lot of people following the lead of many people right now and that's a problem right now Kyle because you're looking at a team that yes mathematically still alive in the playoff picture but now it's just about getting a win the next game winning on Sunday beating the Chargers going into that bye week hopefully get a little bit healthier but to Drew's point if you don't have enough followers in that locker room or enough leaders to say all right I'm going to take charge follow me I don't know where this team goes yeah, Drew's exactly right. It's not a question of leadership. Um, you've got tremendous leaders in that locker room, um, but other players need to step up and see what they're doing, how they're putting themselves out there, how they're preparing, and and follow suit. Um, you know, it's it's uh, the frustrating thing is you know regardless of the score, your situation in the season, you want guys to battle. Look. I've been in this almost exact same situation. We started 10 and 0 one year in Tennessee, uh, finished 13 and 3. We started the next year 0 and 6. And during a game against the New England Patriots, everybody from the front office came down to our sideline, and it was a signal: you're being evaluated. We're seeing how you're re- responding to things on the sidelines, and we're making decisions about next season. And there was a mass turnover after a start like that. And guys, better start to realize. There, it's not okay to take plays off. It's not okay to turn down tackles. It's not okay to put out subpar effort because right now you're being assessed whether there is value to keeping you on this roster, whether they think um, you're going to persevere through hard times and you can step up and, and continue to provide value to this team. So everybody in that lock, locker room better take a hard look at themselves because those evaluations are starting now and they're going to decide whether you should be a part of this team next year or not. There are six more opportunities this season and at 4-7 and seven, it's very easy to shut it down and perhaps some players did in that second after because – National audience, Troy Aikman, on the Monday Night Football broadcast, I'm paraphrasing here, but there was a specific play in the second half, missed tackle after missed tackle, or the lack of effort to get a tackle, and Aikman said, a last place team playing like a last place team. 
Yeah, I mean, they shut it down, unfortunately, and it was apparent to everybody that was watching it. And that's, you know, something that as an organization that they're going to take a look at and they're going to, you know, that's an indictment on what's going on right now. And that can't be the norm moving forward, especially with a fan base that, that is as great as this one is. But I would take it a step further. Yes, there's six more opportunities. There's only one more opportunity that matters for these guys because that's the way that we can't look ahead. We can't talk about anything else. And when this team was rolling last year, I always go back to that. They had such that a good mantra of that one or no. It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to go out and approach it that way of saying this is a must-win game. Nothing else matters beyond that. Nothing else matters before because the only thing you have to worry about is controlling that week of preparation and doing everything you can. And to Kyle's point, right, sometimes some of these young guys, they need their hand held. Other guys need, you know, be kicked in the rear end and say, come along. Or some other guys, you know, just might not be on ship and that's okay. And, and you make that very apparent. So there's so many different things. And yes, we play this game for many reasons. A paycheck is one of them. And some of these guys are sitting there going, you still got to go out and earn your paycheck. As a man, as a professional, you have to stick with this no matter what it is because that is your job requirement and you owe it to not only the people that are signing your paycheck, but the fan base that shows up to support you. The other unfortunate aspect of what happened last night was these, the overall atmosphere at Estadio Azteca. Close to 79,000 in attendance in Mexico City to watch the Cardinals and 49ers. Colt McCoy on being a part of it all. Yeah, I thought the atmosphere was awesome. Uh, what a wonderful place to be able to play. We've been here for two days. The the people have been super nice. You know, it's just a bummer we didn't find a way to win that game. But San Francisco played hard. They're a good football team. And we just didn't make enough plays. Make no mistake, yes, the better team, better talented team won last night, but a better effort could have made it a lot closer than 38-10. to 10. Cardinals shut out in that second half 21 to nothing after trailing at halftime 17-10. to 10. Episode 50 of the Day Patch podcast featuring Cardinals radio analyst Ron Wolfley is available now. To catch up on past episodes, follow the Day Patch podcast via your preferred podcast provider, Get the latest updates via Twitter at PatchPod. 49ers, 387 yards of total offense, 159 of which came on the ground. Cardinals defense had no answer for the 49ers and all those weapons that Jimmy Garoppolo had, whether it was in the backfield or pass catchers. We'll get into that and how the defense lacked on Monday Night Football. This is the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Garoppolo waiting for the shotgun snap. He's got it. Back to pass. In trouble. Steps up. Lobs it deep right side. Caught by Kittle at the 15. Turns left to the 10. To the Touchdown. Great play by Garoppolo. Steps up. And when he steps up, they lost Kittle on the back end. It's a 39-yard touchdown. Here's a pitch to Samuel on an end around far side of the 40. 35 cuts right 30. 25-20. Far side 15-10. Five touchdown. Great execution by the 49ers. They ran it. They ran it. They ran it. Here comes misdirection off play action. And Debo Samuel on the end around. Here's play action. Garoppolo throws to Kittle. Left side caught at the 30. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, George Kittle puts it away, 37 to 10 with 10 minutes to go. 
39-yard touchdown catch by George Kittle, a 39-yard touchdown run by Debo Samuel, a 32-yard touchdown catch by George Kittle. Add it all up, the 49ers beat the Cardinals 38-10 on Monday Night Football, and we're talking about it here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. Craig Raylu, Drew Stanton, and Kyle Vandenbosch. Andrea, I know how you much you love your stats. How about this next-gen stats we talked about on the pregame? I know you guys on the pregame huddle. The 49ers, the number one team, yards after catch. 63% of Jimmy Garoppolo's passing yards came after the catch. <laughs> that's, a, that's great if you're Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, I think that that's this offense, though, right? It's that West Coast offense. It's a catch and run. It's high percentage throws. It's getting the ball out. It's, it's frustrating defenses because they can't get home. It's all of these things, and it was at their disposal last night. They established that run game, and even though they had seven rushes in the first half, they were still setting things up through their quick pass game, through their screens, through their play action stuff and their boots and all those things. I mean, they did a masterful job of constructing a game plan to try to negate what our team does best. And so it played it right into Jimmy's hands. I think you look at the way that they are now comfortably using Debo uh, in conjunction with Christian McCaffrey, and then boom, second half, all of a sudden Eli Mitchell. And that was one thing that Kyle talked about off air. He was like, look, Christian McCaffrey is really good. I'm terrified because of the style of runner that Eli Mitchell is and the way he gets up you know, north and south. And he put his head down, and that second half, it was impressive to see. Almost two different game plans by the 49ers in the first half. We were all surprised. Seven rushing attempts in the first 30 minutes, yet that first drive in the second half by the 49ers, seven of their eight plays were rushing attempts. Debo Samuel capping it off with that 39-yard touchdown run, and then once that run game was established, the 49ers were off to the races. Yeah, we talked about pregame, how tough it is to match up with them uh, personnel-wise because, you know, they might have two running backs in the game. They might have a couple tight ends in the game. And so you think they're going to run the ball. And uh, what Vance Joseph did for a large part of the game is have four defensive tackles. They were in four-eye techniques and a a three and a two. So they weren't going to run inside. And every time we were out there with that personnel, they would put Christian McCaffrey out in the slot and it would be a quick pass or it'd be a perimeter run to take away you know, what we were doing defensively. And they didn't have a run in between the tackles until the third quarter. And, and so you know, they adjusted to what our personnel was. We had a hard time um, um, you know, matching their personnel because really Kyle Juszczyk can line up in the slaughter out wide, out wide. Christian McCaffrey can. Elijah Mitchell can. And so it's so difficult to match up to it. And they did a good job of adjusting to what Vance Joseph was trying to stop. And it, they just didn't even attempt to run between the tackles with, with the front that we had. Um, and, and to Drew's point, um, you know, this is how this offense is built scheme wise to get yards after the catch. But they put this graphic up on the screen during the game. You have the top tight end the top receiver, and the top running back in yards after catch in the NFL over the last two seasons. So they've also matched the exact right personnel for this system to get them the ball in space and to capitalize on their ability to create in the open field. Makes it easy for a quarterback, right? You just get the ball to your playmakers and let them do all the work. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what you want to do, especially when you can then, uh, again, you add on 
Brandon Ayuk to that mix in the red zone. You add on what they do. Their personnel fits their scheme so well, uh, and they have depth, right? They can sustain some kind of injury. And then you add in that offensive line that's playing an extremely high level. You add in a defense, the complementary football, all of those things. They are structured uh, to be able to withstand a lot of heat and be able to go out there and do what they do because of, again, they can go down so many paths of how they want to game plan you, and then you think you're doing a good job here, and boom, all of a sudden they just get in big personnel and just run it down your throat. Jimmy Garoppolo completed 69% of his pass attempts, finished with 228 yards through the air. 49ers rushed for 159 yards, second most allowed by the Cardinals this season. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury on that 49ers ground game in the second half. They uh, felt like they'd found something. And, you know, Chris McCaffrey's a tremendous player, and um, they did a great job getting the ball multiple ways. And they played a, a really good game. They well coached, well played team that I thought played pretty much flawlessly in some areas. Most though, it was the big plays. And we talked about those three touchdowns, all thirty or more yards. Too many big plays. Too many missed tackles. Here's more from the head coach. I thought Jimmy did a good job spreading it around, and uh, the protection was great. So uh, it made for a, a, a tough evening, and giving them short fields didn't help on those fourth downs. But um, we got to flush this one and, and have a short week and find a way to uh, play a lot better next Sunday. And find a way to affect the quarterback, Kyle, because the Cardinals were unable to get to Garoppolo. No sacks. They only hit him four times. But you mentioned the personnel that was on the field to take away the run. So when you have the big bodies inside, where is that pass rush going to come from? And you just look at the snap counts. My Jay Sanders and Cameron Thomas, nine snaps apiece. Victor DiMuchegi was inactive. So the game plan going in was to stop the run and try to make Garoppolo make a mistake right and again this is why I'm not a head coach in the NFL uh coming into this game you know I said you got to make Jimmy G beat you you got to try to take away everything else take away the run game and make him beat you um you know Jimmy G has four games with four touchdowns and three of them are against the Cardinals and he continues to step up um and play well against the Cardinals team so um, it, and it's difficult. Like like you said, there's going to be criticism for not getting pressure on the quarterback, but when you have four D tackles in, and your outside D tackles are lined up in four I techniques, which is a horrible pass rush position, it's going to be difficult to get pressure on the quarterback. You didn't have edge rushers. You didn't have edge pressure because they weren't on the field. And you know sometimes based on personnel, based on the people you're playing against, you've got to take away one thing. You can't take away everything. Um, and, you know, Jimmy G played a really good game. He did a good job going through his progressions. Um, he, he threw some good balls, fit him into tight coverages at times. Um, you know, hats off to him because he's playing about as good a football as he's played in his career. He wasn't just a game manager when the ball was in his hands last night. He was making the plays that he needed to make. Had enough time to survey the defense and figure out where to go with the football. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury on the lack of pressure on Jimmy G. That's big. That's big. You got to try and get them off schedule with that many weapons when they're dialing up, you know, run, pass, play action how they want. Um, it makes it makes it tough, and we're not able to really put them in too many of those long situations that we need to be in, um, second long, third long, and, and you know, played into their hands. Only two tackles for loss recorded by the Cardinals defense. One in the second quarter, one in the third quarter, 
And to Coach's point there, if you're looking at second and manageable, third and manageable, then you're not getting to that pass rush down to where you could have a Cameron Thomas and a MyJ Sanders on the football field. Exactly. That on top of the fact that you don't really feel great about trying to man up people, so you're bringing zone pressure. And Jimmy can identify that. He can feel the soft spot. He can be able to change protection and, and all of these things. And you saw him do a tremendous job of moving defenders out of areas, trying to get guys, and that's what you have to do in his own defense. He started on one side of the field, knew exactly where he was trying to go, and he's just setting people up, trying to create bigger windows, bigger opportunities for all of his pass catchers that he has at his disposal. So, you know, it was a tough assignment for sure. Jimmy is playing really comfortably within the confines of what they're asking him to do. Uh, but right now, again, it's a personnel thing. It's a scheme thing. It's a lot of different things. Uh, Jimmy even did a nice job of extending plays, right? Of, of he had he felt very comfortable staying in the pocket, remaining a passer to the last possible second. And within this offense and that structure, you're going to run through zones. You're going to be able to get guys open. You're going to find soft spots like on George Kittle's touchdown that he had the first one. That's just a part of extending plays when you can't get a pass rush really trying to affect him and get him off his spot and make the ball come out. And that first touchdown, it was packet pocket collapses. He steps up. He had all kinds of space to run, but he found Kittle behind Buda Baker and all the rest was exactly yeah he started from the left and came across right and they just did a good job of keeping the play alive and buddha's thinking you know he's trying to plaster to what's going on and uh george kittle and him are just on the same page and the next thing you know he's in the end zone 38 10 the final cardinals lose to the 49ers there was one bright spot in monday night's defeat that was greg dorch not a part of the original game plan but took advantage when rondell moore went out We'll talk about Dorch and the rest of the Cardinals offense as we continue. We've hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. Craig Rayolu, Drew Stanton, and Kyle Vandenbosch. We do it every Tuesday, 11 a.m. year-round here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Boy with two men in the backfield. It looked like offside by the 49ers. Free play. Pass to the left. Caught by Dorch. First down of the 50. Far side 40. 35-30. Cuts back to the right. 25-20. Dorch still at his feet. 15. And finally tackled at the 13. The Cardinals make the most of the free play. It's a huge gain for Dorch. And the Cardinals move into the San Francisco red zone. Snap to McCoy. Hand off Connor. Up the middle. Lowers the shoulder. Drives the feet. Touchdown. James Connor gets in. And the Cardinals are back within five and the extra point coming with 419 to play in the first half. Let the butt guards get in a three-point stance and let them come off the ball with a dark heart in a painted face, baby. The 47-yard catch and run on third and six. The longest play from scrimmage for the Arizona Cardinals. The first play of first pass play of 40 or more yards this season. The Cardinals had been the only team without a pass play of 40 or more yards, and it's Greg Dortch who gets it for the Cardinals. Unfortunately, that touchdown by James Conner, the last score for the Cardinals as they lose 38-10. to As we welcome you back here to the Arizona Cardinals Red Sea Report, presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. And I guess when we talk about Greg Dortch, I'm just going to hand the keys to you, Kyle Vandenbosch, the president of the Greg Dortch fan club, because you had to like everything you saw out of Dortch yesterday. Yeah, the way he stepped up when Rondell Moore went down after that first carry, um, 
it, it was, it, you know, it was I, it wasn't unexpected. I mean, he every time given the opportunity, he steps up and makes plays for this team. It's just kind of mystifying why he disappears for weeks at a time and is not more a part of the game plan. I mean, um, you know, I brought this stat to you several weeks ago, but the QBR when targeting receivers, Greg Dortch, his, the QBR when targeting him is one eighteen. D Hop is one thirteen, and Rondell is ninety nine point nine. That's your top three right there. Um, he just, with the ball in his hands, um, he makes plays and makes things happen. That play in particular, it wasn't a shot down the field. It was about a three- or four-yard pass, and the rest was all Greg Dortch. Um, he's explosive. He's quick. He makes people miss, and he's got a lot of toughness as well. Um, he, he, you know, I hope going forward that he's not an afterthought, that he's not only a part of the game plan when players get injured because he is productive, he is reliable, um, even in the game last night, I think it was nine catches on ten targets. And, you know, the unfortunate part was is that tenth target, um, it looks like he um, had miscommunication, didn't run the right route on a fourth down play that would have been huge for this team. Um, but other than that, I mean, he, he does great things. I mean, on the season, he's got 34 catches um, on 39 targets. That's, that's a tremendous percentage. The reaction, though, Drew, on that miscommunication between quarterback and wide receiver because – this was a big Rondell Moore game as far as his involvement, and then he leaves two games, two snaps into it with a groin injury, so all of a sudden you're plugging in someone who maybe did not run those routes or at least have Colt McCoy throwing those routes to him, but I like what Colt did. Yeah, there was the initial frustration, and then the pat on the helmet said, all right, we'll get you next time. Yeah, exactly. Again, things happen so fast out there, and I will say this, Greg Dortch is a tremendous player. He is a backup, though, because you want to have Marquise Hollywood Brown out there. You want to have um, Rondell Moore out there when he is healthy, and obviously DeAndre Hopkins is going to get his targets. It's really hard to be able to compare those things. Greg Dortch does a tremendous job of stepping up, and what I loved to see and hear most of all is, hey, I knew they jumped off sides. I was going to try and make a big play. He understands the game within the game, and he was so frustrated after that because he saw the in-and-out coverage when he knew he should have hooked up to be able to get that fourth down conversion. Again, that's what is going to happen when you're a backup. There's going to be some of these nuances that get lost in translation because you don't get all the reps, but he'll learn from that. He'll learn that he's got to be super engaged with everything that's going on throughout the course of an entire game plan, and this is a great opportunity for him to establish himself and his career so when the opportunity does come again, he's going to make the most of it. I mean, early on in that game, even when Rondell went out, he did a tremendous job of stepping up. Some of the the other catches that he had in the second half, you know, playing with some of the backups in, still a great career day for him selfishly was fantastic, and what I love seen most is he never stopped playing he never gave up the effort was there max effort the reason why he made this roster the reason why he made an impression on this team throughout training camp is his demeanor and if you get a bunch of guys like that a bunch of guys like Buda Bakers we talked about last night on the show those are the guys that are going to flip the switch and hold other people accountable and set a standard that is not looking back or anything less is unacceptable two big third down catches by Greg Dortch on that James Conner two-yard touchdown run that made it 14 to 10 at that point again you're playing with a little momentum you're right in that ball game post game head coach cliff kingsbury asked if he thought that that connor touchdown might have been a turning point yeah i thought we were getting the ball out quick and, and um, you know staying on schedule it's tough sledding that's a really good defense and they're they able to play a lot of too high stuff and still kind of slow down the run um but then it just got away from us the turnovers hurt fourth downs not being able to convert those we those are plays we knew we'd have to make and just weren't able to do it 
Again, Cardinals trailed 17-10 at halftime, lose 38-10 to the 49ers, drop to 4-7. and But when we talk about guys stepping up, whether it's Colt McCoy last week for the injured Kyler Murray or Greg Dortch being able to come in right away and really not miss a beat with Rondell Moore on the sidelines, it's that when do you get – what do you do when you get that tap on the shoulder and say, all right, you're up. For Greg Dortch, it was a career day. His first 100-yard receiving game. Colt McCoy on the young wide receiver. Rondell had a big part of the plan. Um, so when he goes down first play of the game, that's that's tough. But um, I thought Dortch did a really nice job of stepping in. And there were some timing things that, you know, he hadn't really ha- had reps on during the week that Rondell had all the reps. Um, but Greg Dortch is a great football player. and I know Kyler trusts him. I know I trust him. He brings a lot of juice to, to our football team, and I thought he did a really nice job stepping up. Dorch is always a very confident player, but a performance like that, Kyle, what can it do for him moving forward? Because it's been very few times in which his number has been called upon this much. It should do a lot for him. Um, it, you know, it should do a lot for the team. should do a lot for the play caller, knowing that you have this guy that you can rely on, a guy that wasn't expected to be a part of the game plan, a guy that wasn't necessarily expected to contribute, and he steps up in a big way. Um, you know going forward that if if you call upon him, he's reliable, he's tough, he's going to get extra yards. Um, he almost never gets tackled by the first defender. Um, and, you know, that was one of the things that really stood out yesterday. Um, it, it, you know, Cliff brought this up twice in two of the clips you played. Um, it, a lot of the fans are frustrated with why are we keep running it on first down when we're having no success. Well, they had a light box. They had two high safeties. You've got a front with a wide nine and a loose five. There's opportunities to run the ball up inside, but they they're just weren't creating those run lanes for the running backs. Um and and so the the opportunity was there for Greg Dortch. Um, and going forward, I, I again I hope he's more a part of the game plan. Um, ideally, we get everybody back healthy at some point, and this offense looks like the offense that we were promised coming into this season. But um, you know, to have guys like him step up on a moment's notice, it's huge. One more on Dortch. Here's Cliff Kingsbury and what Greg Dortch was able to do last night. He believes, you know, he's the biggest, baddest dude out there, and you have a great appreciation for that, and he'll continue to work, and I was proud of the way he stepped in and didn't blink. Dorch was targeted 10 times. Only DeAndre Hopkins was targeted more. Hopkins, 12 targets, 9 catches for 91 yards, and then there's a drop-off. A.J. Green, Trey McBride, James Conner, Max Williams, Steven Anderson targeted once, but this offense, Drew, still waiting for that opportunity to have Hopkins and Hollywood Brown and Rondell Moore on the field, and Perhaps next week against the Chargers, it might be D-Hop and Hollywood, but we don't know about Rondell Moore. There's always been that missing one of those three always not available. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate, right? But that's that's how it goes in this league. And I would argue that Greg Dortch can hold his own against Rondell Moore at this point. Uh, The best ability is availability. And right now, Greg Dortch is available. He has those kind of capabilities. And Rondell Moore is a great player when he's on the field. He has not been on the field. But when you have two bona fide number ones, in my opinion, in DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise Brown, and then you add Greg Dortch to that mix or Rondell Moore, you're going to have a lot of success because how do you do that? It creates the same problems that existed for our defense last night when you tried to stop Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey because then other guys are going to get opportunities like Brandon Ayuk or George Kittle. So that third guy in the pecking order is probably sitting there salivating and saying, well, nobody's going to be – I got one-on-one matchups all day long – 
people are going to go to sleep on me. So, in saying that, getting Hollywood Brown will help this offense so much. So, I look forward to how it's all put together, the pieces of this puzzle, because they've never been fully completed. Hopefully, it's this week. Kingsbury said if it wasn't before the bye, then definitely after the bye week. Remember, Hollywood Brown designated to return, so he is practicing, just hasn't been activated to the active roster. Perhaps that comes this week against the Chargers, a team that is desperate for a W. They come in 5-5. Five and five. We'll touch on the Chargers coming up in our next segment as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. Cardinals and Chargers, it is the last game before a bye, a much-needed bye for this Cardinals team. They are the most banged-up team in the National Football League. 76 different players have appeared in at least one game for the Cardinals after 11 weeks. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Carter's in motion to the far side. They play fake to Eckler, and Herbert sets up to fire toward the end zone. And his pass is complete at the five, into the end zone. Touchdown, Chargers. Joshua Palmer. 50 yards and a beautiful pass play from Herbert. Two touchdowns by Joshua Palmer, who has really come into his own, especially without Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, both of whom, though, returned on Sunday in that Chargers lost to the Kansas City Chiefs 30-27. to Mike Williams then re-aggravated that high ankle sprain, so we'll see if he's available this week. But the Chargers are up next on the schedule. 2.05 is the kickoff on Sunday at State Farm Stadium. 9.30 pregame coverage begins here on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. A Chargers team, Kyle, that is 5-5. Five and five. They've lost two straight, three of four in a very tough AFC West. A team still, right now, second behind the Chiefs who have opened up a three-game lead in that division. But this, Chief, or this Chargers team still, with all their weapons, a very potent offense. Yeah, they're playing good football. I mean, their offense has the ability to, um, you know, move the ball down the field. Um, Herbert, uh, at, at times, has been very efficient, has the ability to make big plays. I mean, even last week uh, against a, you know, what most people consider the best team in the NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs, they led the ball game until 31 seconds left, and then Patrick Mahomes did what Patrick Mahomes does. Um, you know, they've got a, a really good running back in Austin Eckler, um, like you talked about, a, a talented but banged up receiving core. Um, you know, they've got players on defense as well. And, you know, to me, you know, the biggest opponent for the Cardinals this week is the Arizona Cardinals. You need to put this game to bed quickly. You've got a short week. Um, it's been a tough travel schedule getting back early this morning. And you've got to get right into the game plan against, uh, again, a talented offense and a good defense. And um, one of, you know, if you think – Coach Cliff Kingsbury is aggressive about going for it on fourth down. Um, you know, just because you stop this team on third down anywhere on the field, they might go for it. So you've you've got to be prepared for anything that they might throw at you. The Chargers are the uh, top ten passing offense, but thirtieth in running the ball, and that's still with Austin Eckler. So they rely on that air attack. Meaning, all right, if you're the Cardinals, Drew, does Byron Murphy come back after missing the past couple of weeks with a back injury? And if not, then what do you do from a 
a game plan standpoint to try to slow down the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, they want to spread you out, right? It's a very similar look to what the Arizona Cardinals are. They want to spread you out, and they try to get the running lanes based off of distribution of where everybody's at. Austin Eckler's not going to run between the tackles. It's not going to be a similar type of game plan of what we just saw last night. It's going to be vastly different, but it can be effective. You have to be able to do that. You have to stay alive. You have to plaster in the secondary and the back end because Justin Herbert is notorious for making plays and making throws and pulling rabbits out of his hat because he extends plays and he will force the ball into windows. And you have to be able to be opportunistic. You have to be able to catch those football when they come your way and create turnovers because that turnover battle is of the utmost importance. And you look at what's going on, in this league and you see that right of the fourth down conversions and Brandon Staley's notorious for going for it he's actually kind of peeled it back a little bit and got some gruff for not going for it and trying to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field at the same time you know that they have elite pass rushers across that ball too so you've got to be able to, to come over here and you've got to have a good game plan it's going to be interested this is not the Chargers that we thought they were going to be um, but at the same time you've got to go out and just like Kyle said you've got to do whatever you can to be able to put your best foot forward as a team uh, and go win one football game, and the only person you need to worry about is yourself and making sure that you're doing everything in your power to win. How difficult, though, is that, excuse me, Kyle, the being able to just sit there and say, but now to go out and do it, because it is, I think, what you said, it's not so much what the Chargers do or not do well, it's, all right, how do the Cardinals respond based off their performance last night? It's tough. It's going to come from the leadership, and like Drew said, there's going to have to be followers on this team. Um, it was it, when you, when everything's on the line, and you put forth a performance like that, and and really, um, you know, close out the game, really getting dominated in that second half. It's tough to put that behind you. Losses like this linger, uh, but this is part of being a professional. This is part of your job description is moving on and doing what you got to do both mentally and physically to get yourself ready to play your best game the next week. Um, you've, uh, you know, it's it, at this point in most of these players' careers, even if they're rookies, you've learned to move forward. You've learned to forget the last play. You've learned to forget the last game. Um, you've got to, I mean, really this last, last six games, I don't know what it's going to look like, um, but you've got to show progress. You've got to play more efficient football. You've got to play better defense. You've got to play better offense. And at least to, um, you know, to, to salvage good from this season, this team needs to look competent. And in order to do that, you've got to win games, particularly going into a bye. Um, there's nothing like an emotional lift getting a win going into your bye week. Would you say last night, Drew, if you lose that game going into a bye week, just how much longer that oh, bye week feels? It's the longest ever because all you want to do is get back. You want to get back there. And, again, this is Groundhog's Day for a lot of the professionals that know what to do on a weekly basis. And so it makes it much easier to unplug and get away. And I think that's one thing as a professional when you're in this business for as long as Kyle and I were fortunate to play for. You learn that you – only can control the stuff you have control over and it's a cliche of controlling the controllables but once you absolutely apply that and that becomes ingrained in who you are it changes right when you realize you can't sit there and draw personal foul penalties when you have to have two hands on the football when you turn around so it doesn't get tipped and it becomes an interception when you take for granted the effort and just let a guy walk into the end zone and it looks bad and the optics on TV this team needs to worry about individually what each person can control and what they can't control the defense can't go out and 
and play offense. The offense can't play defense. Nobody can kick the ball for the kicker. You need to be able to come together, and when you look at that, that will help shift things in the right direction. And the only thing that matters, to your point, is just find a way to get one more point than the Los Angeles Chargers. Staying on schedule offensively would certainly help. Five negative plays plus the sack in the first half kept the Cardinals from only that's getting into the end zone just that one time, the James Conner two-yard touchdown run. So negative plays were not an issue against the Rams. They were last night against the 49ers. Greg Dortch on the number of negative plays the team had last night. It's just hard to get things going when you uh, start like that. Um, just negative momentum. And in the NFL, it's just hard to, to come back from that. Um, so going into next week, man, we just got to figure it out and, and get better. Question this week will be the same as it was last week, Kyle, and that is, okay, Kyler Murray, does he play this week? Is his hamstring healed? Is it healthy enough to be on the field to kind of help this team get over the hump and not let this season spiral out of control? And some people might say it's already is spiraled out of control. Yeah, if it's healthy enough for him to go, he needs to go. Um, he needs to take control of the direction of this franchise. He is the face of this franchise. He was paid to be the franchise quarterback. And, you know, good or bad, when this team is playing well, he needs to be out there. When this team is struggling, he needs to be out there. He needs to continue to develop. He's in year four. There's still holes in his game. There's still things he can improve upon. There's still things he can learn from a player like Colt McCoy. Um, And you would like to see him at least through these last six go out there and lead this team both with his play and with his words and and just overall leadership be the guy out there that's fighting and battling with his teammates got a young quarterback on the other side justin herbert i mean you can look at those two young quarterbacks because herbert going into this offseason is going to be looking for a contract extension yeah exactly it's going to be a great matchup with two young dynamic quarterbacks hopefully if kyler can play it and again the only one that knows that is him as you said last night 205 is the kickoff 9 30 pregame coverage begins here on the arizona cardinals radio network and then of course we'll talk about it in one week's time right here on the cardinals red sea report Special thanks to those behind the scenes, our senior broadcast manager and producer, Jim Omohundro, technical director, Zach Larson. For Drew Stanton, Kyle Vandenbosch, I'm Craig Riolu. This has been the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. 15-10-5, touchdown, Zach Ertz. Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score, touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown, Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.